Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Above the Rim Podcast, episode 11, featuring your host Justin, aka Just Blaze, and I got another special guest this week, I got my man Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, yo, 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 journalist extraordinaire, coming to you live, so Brandon, so, uh, well, before I restart, I do want to tell the people, if I do sound a little janky today is because I'm a little bit under the weather got some of those springtime allergies but you know that's how it goes so this week NBA playoffs started game ones couple upsets couple big games Scoop how you feeling about the playoffs this weekend man I got two words for you yes sir Joe Jesus Joe Jesus. Iso Joe. Joe Jesus. Ah. Glory. Listen, there were so many things that happened <laughs> this weekend in the playoffs. But before we get to that. Yes, sir. I got, I'm sorry that I have to talk about the Knicks tape. Knicks tape is in the news once again. The fail of the New York Knicks organization. So, of course, the Knicks on the news this week. Melo had his exit interview. With Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson had a press conference after that. And he has a couple words that he had to say about Melo. Only a couple? Only a couple if you want to keep it short. So he had a press conference. So, and I quote, he says, We've not been able to win with him. He's a player that would be better off somewhere else. Now, Scoop, when you heard those comments come from Phil, what was your first reaction when you heard it? You know what's funny? Um, <clears throat> the first time I, I, I heard about it, it was 
I, mutual follows uh, Ian Bagley over ESPN mm-hmm. um, tweeted it and I said hmm and then you know over Peculiar. the over the weekend you know talking with my family about it the first time I actually heard the press conference in the words was actually earlier today mm. and you know what's interesting it's diff- it's a difference when you're reading it versus when you hear it a big difference and <clears throat> I think people's reactions when you read it is like well why did he say that <clears throat> but I think more. what's interesting is you could say the same thing about Charles Barkley yeah. uh, to kind of parallel the other day. My mother was texting me this morning. Did you hear what Charles Barkley said about uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Boston Celtics, you know, his sister died yeah, in a car accident. And Rest in my, peace to her. I said, yeah, I watched it. She's like, how could he say that? I was like, my, you know, there's a big difference between reading a headline and reading or, or listening to audio. Oh, yeah, you got to hear it from the horse's mouth. And you might think I'm strange, but... When I heard what Phil said, it sounded a lot different than what maybe you read in a tweet or you read in an article. I think from a basketball perspective, mm-hmm. num- X's nose and numbers. You know, mm-hmm. as Jay would say, men line, women line, numbers don't. Mm-hmm. You know, the Knicks have gone to the playoffs. The last time they went was in 2013. LeBron was still a member of the Miami Heat at yep. the time. Sure was. And uh, they lost, the Knicks lost to the Pacers and sure the semis. Um, so if you're looking at it from a numbers perspective, you know, F- Phil is right. However, uh, I-, I think... If you take his comments literally, right. he's right. If you take he, it literally, but but you know, obviously, there's a backstory to it. Of course, uh, a major backstory. You know, it's it's something that's been going on in the news throughout the the, the course of the year. Yeah, and then you know, obviously, even the, the headlines, or rather, the things that Phil Jackson said about LeBron and his in yeah. his camp, his, his posse, as you will. Exactly. Phil I Jackson think, has a number of questionable <laughs> comments this year. I so think, many. I think the mandate has changed as far as uh, people who are in power and in office and. A general manager of president positions yeah. in the NBA. Pat yeah. Riley and, and Phil Jackson are no longer the great Gestapo, if you will. It's a yeah. player's league. Exactly. So I think, with that being said, I think the fact that Melo's been so mellow, if you will, mm-hmm. throughout the course of the year. Yeah. The fact that Phil said that is kind of just like the icing on the cake. I yes. think many Knicks fans actually feel sorry for Melo. Oh, oh I, I feel many. So I feel like the, the comments, those were a public abomination to me. I mean, those, those type of comments, you can't talk about your franchise star player as if he were, as if he's not wanted, as if he wasn't loved here, as, as if he wasn't respected. He's not treating Melo with the proper respect as Melo deserves. Yeah, Melo, I mean, he, we understand Melo hasn't won here. We totally understand that. Mm-hmm. But Melo has been the consummate professional in all his years of being here. He did force his way here to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, he did take a piece, a nice chunk of their roster with him, you know, when they traded for him when he got here. But, you know, I've always said, uh, Danilo Gallinari at Palomine I had him on one of, my, one of my old podcasts and I asked him you know what if what if you guys had actually stayed in New York yeah. Wilson Chandler yourself Amari Stoudemire and, and, and Felton and some of those other pieces he says you know I, me and Amari talk about that all the time he yeah. says you know what if we would have stayed because you, you look at the Knicks team they mm-hmm. were a young team um, even had an Andy Routens on that team. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they, they built through free agency in the draft. They were actually on the come up at that time. The same way that yeah. the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, with Westbrook and Durant and, 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 and Harden did. You know, I think that's so today's NBA. Even if you look at a Cleveland Cavaliers team, even mm-hmm. when they, albeit they, they got LeBron and what was really a sign and trade with Miami. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, you, you when he left, you ended up getting Tristan Thompson. You got Kyrie Irving. You got Deion Waiters. There were a traded, lot of pieces that came out of that. A lot of segments lot that of came segments. because LeBron came and left. Of course. Of and course. Uh, or the other way around, left of and course. came back. Yeah. But totally I think agree. when you look at that Knicks team to, to, to parallel, I think mm-hmm. 
what if that team had done what they were supposed to do? But the other side of the coin is back when the Nets were in New Jersey, mm-hmm. they kind of forced the Knicks' hand because they went and got Darren Williams in that yeah, draft. Yeah, they had to compete at or that Or in that time. trade deadline round. Yeah, they had to compete. Yeah, and so also with those comments, the NBA Players Association stepped in. I've been reading today. Oh, yeah, I they think filed a grievance. Michelle Roberts. Yes, Michelle Roberts, president she, of the Players Association. Players Association. She filed a grievance against them and wanted to step in and wanted to speak to Adam Silva about it. They felt like it was a public disrespect, basically, as it did to their players. I mean, when you when you sit and you think about that, okay, fine. These guys are paid handsomely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But think of yourself at an office. If your boss is consistently talking badly about you to other employees and other departments, yeah, you're going to talk to HR. Publicly out loud with other people to hear because there's there's, there's cameras all around, there's mics all around. So you know your comments are going to go viral. So I do feel like Phil Jackson's comments are premeditated, I feel like. Well, Phil has always been an antagonist. Yeah, exactly. He's the Zen master for a reason. Sure, I'll tell you a story. Exactly. So... We were talking off air mm-hmm. uh, about my experience as a kid sure. uh, doing Nets radio back in. I remember one time the Bulls were in town playing the Nets. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a bunch of reporters standing outside the locker room. Yeah. And all of a sudden he goes, are you guys going to shut up or are you going to let me talk? <laughs> um, Phil has always been bombastic like See? that. Yeah. So, you know, you know? In, a, in a lot of respects, to know Phil is to love him. Exactly. And uh, he, uh, Phil is always Phil. I think Phil has always had a knack for getting people's attention. So when he said in front of the locker room, are you guys going to shut up or not? That's like Phil being Phil. Yeah. But I think in today's day and age where there's cameras and internet, yeah, he, everybody's he's, sensitive. He's got to scale back. Yeah. He's got to watch his words when you're talking about your star player because now what he's doing is he's lowering Melo's trade value. Sure. And when you lower your star player's trade value, you're not trade value, you're not going to get as much back in return. Sure. So that's the problem. And also, Porzingis, I'm also reading that now he took a flight back to Latvia and he skipped his exit meeting with Phil Jackson. Rumors are that he is a little feeling a little, yeah, feeling a little miffed about the triangle offense because we hear that Phil Jackson this summer is going to be implementing the triangle offense heavy. Phil, as you know, got a two-year extension. They picked up the op- two-year option on his contract, so he's going to be here for a little while. Phil's got longer extensions than black women. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, <laughs> some white and Spanish too. <laughs> He's gonna be it. So that's Show just a piece of the Knicks disfun- dysfunction, man. It's yeah. still in the news. So like yeah. we said before, it is never a dull moment. But you know, I, you, hey, to, to go to your point dull. about uh, Porzingis, I mean, he's young. Yeah. Matter of fact, the Knicks didn't even want him, and or rather, the fans didn't want him. Obviously, the Knicks wanted him. Phil Jackson drafted him, but. Yeah. I think when you look at that situation with Porzingis, he came in with Melo. You know, he came in yeah. with some of those other guys. So that was basically his mentor. There's, there's, there, there'll be a little bit of detachment because yeah. he knows the inevitable. But I think when you look at a Knicks organization, um, first of all, the triangle offense is is very outdated. I'm sure you can run. I, I was about certain to say, do you think you can run the triangle offense this day and age with um, this crop of players? I think you can run certain sets of the triangle offense, but to run a whole offense, can it really be? I mean, you look at a Princeton offense, um, the Nets, the Sacramento Kings, Pete Carroll. You can run a Princeton offense. You can run that because yeah. that's more just cuts, more cuts. and movements. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, but I think when you look at the triangle offense, you think about it. Triangle offense is predicated upon the big man. Exactly. Um, the big, big man, man has a, changed. Dominant wing. That's even. Mm, but if you look at the Bulls, Luke Longley wasn't a dominant big man. It's the, but the, I said dominant wing. Oh, dominant I thought you wing. said dominant. Okay, oh no, my, dominant wing. Okay, yeah. see what happens when you don't have your evening coffee. <laughs> so let me walk that back. Uh-huh. I will say yes when you look at the triangle offense: Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, those guys 
and they also had Ron Harper in common. They both were, was that were that big guard that yeah. that, that helped spread the wealth, if you will. Um, I think with that being said, number one, the NBA is a different game now. It's a totally different game now. You know, Dwight Howard being. Uh, he is a passing uh, center, so I think when you have a, a center that can see the court well, somebody like a Brooke Lopez would benefit mm-hmm. from a triangle offense. Yeah, somebody, I'm going to tell you right, a center who would benefit, a center like a Marcus Saul. Sure. A passing big man, Perfect a visionary. Segue, sir. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. Thank you. I see you. So, as we go into... Stockton the Malone. As we go into Marcus Saul, Marcus Saul also had some statements in the media. He said that some stats are killing the game. He said... The over-reliance on stats, the over-reliance on people's games being based off of stats are killing the game. Sure. So that is a, a big question to debate. And when I heard those comments, I said, I thought about it for a second. I said, first, my initial reaction was no, stats are not killing the game. And then I thought about it again. I said, you know what? It actually is. Because when you have a lot of analytical guys these days, more GMs, a.k.a. Daryl Morey, of the uh, of the Houston Rockets, general manager, yeah. general manager of the Houston Rockets. He's all about analyticals. He's all about analytical percentages, plus minus, PER. What can the players on his squad? He goes to what all are their those, rankings? Those um, those 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 nerd conferences. Yeah, in those, the the, exactly. When I feel like <laughs> the main the basis of basketball at MIT, it's, it's, those MIT guys. Yeah. The basis of basketball is what I call the eye test. I feel like you can't measure clutch sometimes. You can measure in the stats as in percentages of how much, you know, your field goal percentage of how much you make, but you can't measure it in terms of who wants it at that time. You can't measure people's palms getting sweaty. You can't measure uh, 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 ankles uh, uh, sticking together late in the games. You can't measure that. I mean, to piggyback off of what you said, um... Somebody like LeBron mm-hmm. can't be quantified. He can't be and stats alone. At stats alone, because he can be quantified in stats, but it's a lot more so, to it. Somebody like Paul Pierce in his prime. You, you talk a lot example. about like hockey assists. You know where because he's a he's a tall guard who at times in the last couple of years has played power forward. You know mm-hmm. in his time in, with the Wizards and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, those guys can't be quantified in just how many. How many points they average? How many rebounds? How many assists? It's about the impact that you're having on the floor, even from a leadership perspective. Of course. So I, I think Paul Gasol, who, who can fill up the stat sheet, is qualified to to make a Mark, statement like Mark that. Gasol. Excuse me, Marcus Gasol. Mm-hmm. I was still on triangle and was a little, uh, you know, perplexed. Hey, listen, they playing against each other right now. All right, but I, I that, to that point, I, I think um, yeah. Marcus Gasol has is is with something. Even somebody like Vince yeah. Carter, who yeah. at forty can still hit big threes. I think he transitioned well uh, at his age, by the way. And he's turned into a nice veteran leader on that Grizzlies team. Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you look at even somebody like Tracy McGrady, that's oh, what yeah. I thought Most definitely. would have been in that role at Vince's and now. And obviously injuries. Ron Harper was that guy. Yeah. You know, but I know I, injuries took a toll on team. I, he, sure. I mean, he attempted to on the Spurs, but uh, I too mean. Too little, too late. Yeah, he was just trying to chase a ring at that point. Of so. course. So of course, you know and he tried to play baseball too. Exactly. So come on. But I, but but as far Z-Man. as the stats, I, I think <laughs> I think stats don't indicate the true impact of somebody on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna use this example. Your listeners may think I'm crazy, but even somebody like Antoine Walker, oh, back when he played on the, the Celtics, Jimmy. I mean, he hit clutch threes during oh, his time there. Threes. 
but he also made a lot of costly shots at the yes. same time. He'd go eight for t- for twenty. Oh, his shooting percentages were <laughs> abysmal. Yes, his shooting percentages. But he did galvanize the crowd. He did keep the up tempo pace of his team. He fit Jim O'Brien's system. He fit his office. But that was the old days of Tony Delk, if I'm not mistaken. Tony mm-hmm. Delk was there. Ray full of friends. Who else was there on that squad? Uh, Walter Rodney, McCarty. Rodney Rogers. Rodney Rogers. Walter McCarty. Kenny Anderson. Those were those times right there. Yeah. So, Antoine I mean, Walker, man. It's uh, sad to see how sad. things went down, but yeah. it's good to see him on the up and up and, and, and doing a lot of TV and a different of analyst course. work now. Him oh, and my guy definitely. Derek Anderson, Kentucky alum. Oh, yeah. Doing their Derek thing. Anderson and other Portland Trailblazers, right? Portland, played for Cleveland, played for uh, Houston, L.A. Clippers. I liked him on the Blazers. I like Derek Anderson on the Blazers. I just liked his sneaker collection. (laughs) Funny funny stat, um, had him on uh, Scoopy Radio Overtime, which is a web extra to Mm -hmm. my Scoopy Radio podcast. Make sure to check out ScoopyRadio.com. Shameless plug, by the way. (laughs) Had him on, and he talked about um, the the Jordan 11 lows. And he talked about how um, he actually convinced Michael uh, to make those shoes a lower top shoe. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, Derek Anderson has always had those those exclusive player collections, yeah. those player editions, and it's kind of cool to see him open up about that. Nice. But, uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that shoe collection. He's got some shoes. Yo, we got to check that out, man. Some shoes. So like we said before, the playoffs was this weekend, game one's all around. A lot of shit happened this weekend <laughs> on the playoffs, man. I got so many observations that I wrote down on my photo. I'm on my photo, on my paper for this week. she got a photo. (laughs) So, how I opened the episode last week, I had my man Ray Jarvis and Ola here, and I opened up with Lance Stevenson, giving my man Lance a shout-out. So I got to give him another (laughs) shout-out this week. He got hot. Hey, listen. hot. Lance was ready to show that he was born ready, all right? Is Brooklyn in here tonight? Lance. The prodigal son returns. Yes, sir. He actually had a great game one. He had 17 points off the bench. I think he had about seven, eight rebounds, something like that. And he controlled the second unit. Lovely. He was nicely playing second fiddle to Paul George. I think Paul George needed that. He needed someone coming off the bench with extra confidence. Monta Ellis is not living up to his contract this year. I mean, he doesn't have a big contract, but... He should be doing a lot better than he has this year, but, you know. Indiana, I think, hit at the right time. You know, obviously at the, the, right the surgeons after the All-Star break, Glenn yeah. Robinson the third, winning the slam dunk Glenn contest. Third. Alum of Scoopy Radio, by the way. <laughs> um, but I think Paul George, all those trade rumors, yeah, et cetera, man. I think they all came together and did what they needed to yes. do. And I think that yes. um, adding Lance Stevenson, a guy that Great was a fallen up. son, Went through Memphis, went through you just uh, went to LA, was in, was was in Doc Rivers' doghouse. Oh, yes, he was, um, man. My Clippers. He was the prodigal. He, he found his way home. He was, man. And I got something I want to say to you. So this weekend, right, I was watching this game, and I came to the conclusion myself that I feel like Paul George is the second best player in the Eastern Conference. Think about that for a minute. So I wrote that on, on I'm in a, like a Facebook group, and I wrote that online. I wanted to see the reaction that I would get. And I, I have a group chat with a couple of my boys, and we talk about a lot of NBA topics going on. So I wrote to them, Paul George is the second best player in the Eastern Conference. And I got a lot of flack for that. They told me I was out of control. I got a lot of answers such as John Wall, Giannis Atetokounmpo. Atetokounmpo. Love how I skilled that right there. I got a IT4. I got some Kyrie Irving. So I think 
Paul George is the second best player in the Eastern Conference. School B, who do you think is the second best player in the well, Eastern well, Conference? Well, I'll quantify that. I, I think had Paul George not succumbed to the injury that he did a couple yes. of years ago, um, I think that Bounce would be an outright, uh, outright favorite. I think... Um, this is the same conversation you would have about who's the top point guard. I think when yeah. when, Very when, when Chris Paul um, was considered the best all-around player, and then a guy like Steph Curry came along, and then when a guy like Kyrie Irving came along, who in his own right hit big shots against the uh, Golden State Warriors in the, mm-hmm. in the finals last year. Of course. Um, I think that that's the question. To, to, to that point, mm-hmm. you look at uh, John Wall in my mind when you said that about Paul George. Well, I, you guys I second said, best. Um, so you're saying LeBron is number one in the East, LeBron's right? number one, undisputed. And you're quantifying that why? Why is LeBron number yes. one? Total body of work. First of all, he's the most important player in the league to his team. All right? He has the uncanny ability to elevate his teammates. He has the uncanny ability to be a leader of men, which I feel like is the underrated stat. You know how Doc Rivers loves to coin that term, a leader of men. Chris Paul is a leader of men. LeBron James is one of the major leaders of men. And you can always count on LeBron James to bring it. The consistency. Six straight finals, seven overall. You can't quantify that. So he is undisputably the best player in the league overall. But in the Eastern Conference, I think, you know, it gets a little muddy if you go after LeBron James. I think it's very debatable. You can't go wrong with either opinion. But I feel like Paul George, for a long period of time, I feel like he's putting the proper work. He's had a little injury which made him fall off for a year, but he bounced back lovely. As I've been stalling, I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> so with that said, I've been trying to give you time. I gotta, I gotta give you that, but but I, I still do think mm-hmm. that th- there are two other guys that are one A and one B. Okay, John Wall. I'm John assuming. Wall. John Wall and Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah. But my point for people, everyone has given that argument to me. But do you think they have done it for a long amount of time to be considered the, the o- second best? The only other, the, the, the only, years. the only two people who have been who ain't new to this and are true to this. And they don't have the hardware LeBron has. And you might Mello. laugh at me. Is Melo and, hey. and Kyrie Irving? I won't go Kyrie yet, but I'll definitely give you Melo. Melo, without a doubt. But, but it's, because it's, he doesn't have the accolades, it's one playoff appearance in the Eastern yeah, Conference. Exactly. It's, it's it's difficult, you know. Yeah. I mean, you even look at guys like Kyle Lowry and, mm. and Demar Derozan yeah. who have been there consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I'm still going PG. I don't think they have anything on PG right about now. I, Listen, I got to give it to PG for consistency. And a lot of people like to say that PG is a clutch PG-13. He's definitely clutch. But you know what? I think Michael and Kobe make that that word so accessible yes. to people. Yes. Because I think for a long time, when you look at the guys like LeBron, when you look at guys like LeBron, everybody's comparing LeBron to Mike. LeBron is more magic and Oscar than he is Ma- Mike. different type of player. And why can't guys just be them? Exactly. You know, that clutch gene that, I mean, Michael's messed up. There's been yeah, shots I he's mean, missed. People act like Michael hasn't missed shots in the clutch. But he's never lost in the finals. He's never lost and in I the finals. And I think that precedent sets everything high. He's an ultimate winner. Sure. He's an ultimate winner. Sure. Another observation I have, I like how you brought up Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan because this week they did lose game one at home. Mm-hmm. And one of the observations that I wrote down, I've been saying it for weeks now, the Raptors are sus. The Raptors are a suspect team in this playoff race. I don't feel like the Raptors have the horses to advance in this playoffs. A lot of people love to put them in the conference finals, which they're not getting to this year. It's second round and done. Maybe even first round and done. Kyle Lowry had, I think it was six points 
I think on Saturday, abysmal performance he's as he usually does. He's coming back from does. injury though. He's he's still not. I, I'm not defending him. Uh, I was about to. I, that's I, not I, enough for me. I, I think that you know that gelling period. Like you look at the Cavs. Does he need to gel? He's been there. Yeah, but I Who think Ibaka and Tucker need to gel, not Kyle. Yeah, but Ibaka came in. Was that a trade deadline deal? Yeah. You know, you look at it, you, you look at you look at the Cavaliers two years ago. It took them a while before Shumpert and 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 um, Jr. were able to blend Not in. Not too long. No, well, you but, had LeBron but they there also keeping his troops in line. Sure, but and I think that's why he's the best player in the Eastern yeah, Conference. And, and you know, everybody wants to give Curry the the, 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 the baton, but, oh, no. but but LeBron's been there. Yeah, listen. you know, so, so so when you look at been there. when you look at the Raptors in that way. I think the gelling period comes where, you know, Lowry, who's the floor general of that team, now has to reinitiate himself as the floor general and DeMar has to kind of scale back. Because you when you have shooting guards that are that are ball dominant like that, yeah. they gotta get back in the rhythm of yeah. of, of, of kind of um True. being reined in a little bit. But DeMar is still the number one scorer on that team. He still should be the number one option on that team and Kyle Lowry should just orchestrate the team and get him get his buckets when he needs to. I think they're missing Terrence Ross. Oh, that's good point. They definitely could be. I think they missed. But I, I do like TJ Tucker on that team. I'm not gonna lie. But they did trade him for Abaka. Yes. But, but still, I'd rather have Abaka. Yeah, but Abaka spreads that floor in a way that most centers in the NBA. Exactly. Don't. So I'd rather have Abaka other than Terrence Ross. So I still give him a good trade. And defensive, well, rebounding wise, sometimes I don't think he's always there because yeah. he's focused on the block. Very true. So Very it's true. like you, you, you're having to realign your whole team in, Very in that true. aspect. And I also think two years ago Toronto was that threat. Oh yeah, I think Ibaka coming in kind of weakened them. Yeah. Um, and, and they're in the wrong bracket this year. They got to play the Cavs in the second round. Well, you if know, they get Meek there. Mill set his brackets to this. It's levels to hey, this. It's levels to this. <laughs> it's levels to this. Young it's, boy. It's levels it's to levels. this. So next observation I have. This is gonna hurt my heart to say. Scoop B came in here today. He said it first. <sighs> Iso Joe. Joe Jesus. Joe Jesus. He broke my heart. Last second shot at the buzzer to win game one against my Clippers without Rudy Gobert. It hurt my heart, man. Iso Joe, I gave him much respect. I've always been a big Iso Joe fan. And I gave him much respect for not calling the timeout, taking it straight down the court, sort of mismatch against Jamal Crawford. And I'm gonna take it straight up his neck. I'm gonna go to the rack, threw up a nice floater. And it went straight. I mean, it didn't go straight. It had a luck, nice little lucky bounce. But it was a bounce necessary. Joe Johnson was hot, man. He was hot that whole game. I ran into Joe Perfect. a few months ago when the, when the Jazz were in uh, Brooklyn. Joe's, Great Joe, up, Joe is always the same. That's what I like about Joe. Joe Cool. He, 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 he comes prepared. Comes prepared. He blouses his shirt like 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 uh, Ray Allen. He's the new Ray <laughs> Allen. There you and, go. And and he just comes to play. I think one of the things that um you look at a lot of guys, they looked at Joe Johnson. Why would he come to Utah? I know. I did question that when he first signed it. But, you know, when it's all said and done, yeah. Darren will be back in Utah next season. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm hearing that. But okay. I think that when you look at that Jazz team, the thing that they have, number one, I, I was impressed with um, mm-hmm. the Jazz when they picked, when they signed Quinn Snyder a couple years ago. Um, very underrated choice. Un- underrated choice. I liked him when he was a player. Yeah. Um, very underrated choice. He just, he, he just has a name like you knew he was going to be a coach when he retired. <laughs> Quinn Snyder, that's like, you know, Fred Hoiberg. That's yeah, that, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Certain guys, you just know they roll. You do. You um, do. But I, I think, you know, when Great you look. signing, though, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Great but then, signing. you know, they they, they got the the, 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 tall, the Australian guy, the tall guy, uh, point guard, a couple From, years ago. On the Jazz? Yeah. 
Um, oh, Dante Exum. Yes. Yeah, Dante Exum. Him. Yeah. Um, you know, you. I, I think Joe is a nice veteran presence. 15, nice. 17 year veteran. Yeah, listen, off the bench, I would love to have Joe Johnson coming off my bench, give me 12 to 15 a night. I mean, he, Easy. Went, he went from a Nets team Easy. where he was averaging anywhere from 12 to 15 exactly. a game. Exactly. Got that buyout, went to Miami and helped them in the playoffs exactly. last year. That's light for ISO Joe. Yeah. So and I then, had to give him a shout out, definitely. man. I had to give Joe a Joe, shout Joe out. Is, Joe is solid. Big time. Doesn't also, what you. I wrote down, I think Dwight Howard is finished. You do. I think he's finished. I mean, Last episode in my playoff preview for the Wizards and Hawks, I had Dwight. I thought he can get me 14 and 14 a night, I think I said. And my man Jarv and Ola, they looked at me crazy. They said uh, Dwight Howard and Gortat was a wash. Basically, that's an even matchup. I said, no, dominate. Uh, Dwight should be able to dominate that matchup. Was I wrong for thinking that? I see game one showed me nothing. I think that... Dwight Howard is Last at the point. Dwight Howard is at the point in his career where he doesn't. He he was he was never a star. He was always a role player. He has a even big in personality. the Orlando days. I think that was a special situation because it was four well, the, guards. The offense was predicated, it was predicated around upon him. him. Think yeah. about it. The offense was predicated around Orlando the same way that the offense was predicated around Allen Iverson when he was a Sixer. Yeah, very true. So, and then you look at like I'm gonna take it to a, to, to Nets days in New Jersey. You look at Chris Humphreys. Look yep. at all those rebounds he had. Every fantasy basketball lover was loving that back yep. in 2008, 2009. Most definitely. But then when you got Gerald Wallace, you got Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, he oh. crumbled. He had ab injuries yeah. every other day. We sure know did. what those ab injuries really were. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you, you, you know, yeah. so, you know, no, no, I'm going to listen. So, so I think when you when you look at it, a guy like yeah. Dwight, that's Paul Millsap's team. Yeah. That's, that's Schroeder's that's team. That's definitely Paul Millsap's team. All yeah. the way. You know, so I, I think... Dwight I, I'm, Howard. I'm sad for Dwight, though. I'm not. He's you know, home. He's getting paid. Why are you feel sad for him? Because think about what's his 12th year, 12th, 13th yeah. year. I feel like he he should have been more. He Los Angeles broke him. It broke his whole spirit. Houston grounded him. Good word. Great word. Atlanta him. sprouted him. I still feel like he should be able to dominate Gortat. Why? Look, why? What he has to dominate when you got Tim Hardaway Jr., you have Dennis Schroeder, you have Paul Millsap. He's a veteran presence of that group. I mean, I've always said this. Uh, I, I'm going to say it again. I know drug dealers with more block presence than him. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop. <laughs> I know drug dealers with more block presence than him. I mean, you're, you're expecting Dwight. Home, you're, 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 uh, you're putting you know, the bank on Dwight Howard. I mean, not the bank, but I just I expected more from him. I guess I gave him a little too much credit, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I had hope. He is what you what we thought he was. Yeah. I like Dwight, You're but right. I, I I think Dwight is is um is the product of AAU basketball and yeah. small ball. Yeah. And I and, and I'ma tell you this, when you look at Dwight Howard and mm-hmm. you look at him as a big center, mm-hmm. I think that him playing in Stan Van Gundy's yeah. offense mm-hmm. make develop some bad habits. Yeah. And when you look at a guy like Darren Williams when he played for the Nets and he did not depend on anybody, mm-hmm. that dude created some bad habits. Oh, yeah. Because when you, look oh, yeah. at, when you looked at Darren Williams yeah. and you looked at Chris Paul, mm-hmm. they were the, the top echelon yeah. eight, nine years ago. Oh, yeah. That was the debate of one and two. Right. One, one, eight. And then you one had Rondo who won a ring exactly. with those guys. But exactly. they still, you still looked at Darren exactly. and you looked at Paul as equal. Exactly. So when you look at when you look at Dwight Howard winning slam dunk contests, mm-hmm. when you look at Dwight Howard, Orlando, LA, Hurt, you know, Rockets, him and Harden and, and not getting along, he's in Atlanta, he's comfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's what it is. Comfortability. It's comfortable. That's the keyword. Keyword. It's comfortable. So also, I also wrote down on my sheet that I got my man CJ McCullen, aka Stefan Urkel. Yeah, he kind of does look like Jalil. Yo, like. he looked like Jalil. That's Stefan Urkel. I got him as my number two shooting guard in the league. I got him over Demar Derozan. People, I know you're gonna call me a little crazy with that, but I look at Stefan Urkel's game. The way he can penetrate the lane, the way he comes off a pick and roll, when he has that spread pick and roll, and also another thing that I really respect out of his game, he can also come back with the second unit and run the point guard, which is something that I feel like DeMar DeRozan can't do. So I got Clay first, CJ McCollum second, DeMar third, Bradley Beal fourth. He reminds, me of, he, he, he reminded me of an old vet when I when when he came Love in the league. Love his game, man. You might think I'm crazy. He reminds me of uh, a taller Terrell Brandon. Oh, Terrell Brandon from the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's he was on Milwaukee Bucks, I assume? Yep. And I believe he's from Denver. Yeah. He reminds me of a taller Listen, Terrell, Terrell Brandon. Stephon got some game. Yeah. Got game on him, man. Him and, him and uh, honestly, I think him and Damian Lillard honestly have to split up. Because I feel like for defensive, they're both a defensive liability. They're small. Excuse me, because they're both small guards. So I feel like they do have to. And I think if you swapped out, I mean, I can't even think of it right now. But if you swapped him out for a big guard, maybe, and you give him the reins of being the number one, maybe, no, of course, number two option on another team, I think he can excel even higher. I think he can take his career to a next level. You know, level. I was talking to uh, a, a, a buddy of mine yeah. um, that covers the NBA, and mm-hmm. they said, could you imagine if Melo got traded to Portland? Oh, that would be an excellent trade for them. Because then you basically have Nurkic playing the same role that, yeah. that um, Porzingis plays here. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I, I think when you look at Lillard, Lillard is like the, the modern-day Dwayne Wade. And yeah. if he's not careful, he's going to put a lot of mileage oh, on his body and get hurt. Definitely. And, and, you know, you look at Wade, you feel bad for him because he's having to rehab his body so much. Of course. You know, so you get Lillard some help. Of course. You, 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 you're playing with house money. Yeah, you're good. definitely are. So I think, you know, Looking at that Portland team, we've been mm-hmm. saying it for a couple years. Mm-hmm. I was upset to see my man Mason go, but I don't think yeah. they could have afforded him. No, they couldn't. Um, so him no, going to couldn't. Denver, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at uh, CJ McCollum. I think he just looks like an old vet. He just looks old. old he, yeah, just, he, he, he got yeah. that old face. He do. He does, but it's 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 almost like a refi. He's like what Brandon Roy though. wasn't. Oh man, Brandon Roy. Brandon. It's Roy not just because he's light skinned. Players of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Roy is one of my favorite players of all time. I really love Brandon Roy's game. Yeah. And I love CJ McCullough, man. I'm not going to lie. I do really, I really, really do, man. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. So uh, Lehigh University. Yeah, exactly, man. Of course. So, as we're talking about everything is playoffs this week. So, I feel like a lot of players have to show their worth this year. This playoff run. There's a lot of players who have to show and prove. So one of my topics for this week is that I wanted to talk about three players who have the most to prove this playoffs right You going first? I'll go first. You got three players? I got three players that I wrote down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I sure do. So my, I'm going to go first. My top player who has the most to prove this playoffs is from one of my teams. I'm going to go Blake Griffin. My man, Blake the Earthquake Griffin. I think Blake, this is his time this year. 
The Clippers are at a crossroads at the end of the season. Bum, 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 crossroads. Bum, bum. Crossroads for them this season. And if they lose, they're going to be missing everybody. Oh, this going to be a problem. <laughs> it's going to be a problem, man. He's Chris. Uh, Blake Griffin is one of the latest examples of how two years can be an eternity. If you don't remember two years ago against the Spurs, killing. I think he averaged 25, I think 12 or 13 and 6 right? assists. No, no, no. That was against. That was three years ago against the Rockets. Yes. Two years ago was when they won. Oh no! Excuse me. I'm sorry. Two years ago, they beat the Spurs second round against the Rockets. He was killing that playoff okay. series, right? Yes. It was that was Blake the Earthquake Griffin right there, right? He had everything that he needed. He was dominating the playoffs. Chris Paul was out a few games in that Rockets series, and he was going wild that series. And I looked at a stat that they put up on ABC when they was playing. This, this year, I think he's averaging seven points in the first quarter, five in the second quarter, another six in the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, he's averaging three points per game. So you mean to tell me a player who's averaging 20 points a night, who's supposed to be your best offensive player, meaning your offensive star, not your best player, your best offensive player, you mean to tell me you can't get me more than a bucket and a free throw in the fourth quarter of games. You can't get me more than a bucket and a foul a game. You can't take over late in games when CP3 needs help. When you know CP3 dominates the ball, you know he orchestrates the offense. You know that he's the quintessential point guard. So all he needs is a little bit of help. If you notice in Jazz in the game one, who was all the, who was scoring all the points down the stretch? It was CP3. Blake Griffin was nowhere to be found. There was an APB off of Blake Griffin. So Blake Griffin to me gonna, needs to show and prove. If he doesn't, we're gonna have to put his face and Barack Obama's face on the back of a milk carton. Listen, back of a milk carton. <laughs> Listen, and me as a Clippers fan, I'm calling for Blake Griffin's head this playoffs. I'm calling for his head. I need Blake Griffin to step up. I need him to average 25, 12, give me three or four assists. I think um, and I'll lay off of Blake Griffin. You may like not like what I have to say, but um, in conversation, I've often told people yeah. that Blake Griffin, the older he gets, is going to be the modern day Antonio McDice. Oh man! Oh, knee, so disrespectful. <laughs> knee issues. Knee issues. Yeah. Um, and de- defending, de- depending on your speed and your dunks. You know, you notice that he does have a dribble. He does have say, a jumper. He he did, he did have a, a nice 18 to 20 footer. Um, He's stepping out behind a three-point line. Early in his game, early in his career, I, I said Kenyon Martin mm. because you depended heavily on the point guard. Kenyon yeah. wasn't the same after he left the Nets. Oh, no, he wasn't. Jason Kidd made him everything. Andre, but. listen, he Jason Kidd got Lucius Harris paid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Talk about it. But I, I, when you look at a Blake Griffin, you know, when people said, oh, early in the, before the trade deadline trade, you know, uh, Carmelo for for Blake Griffin. That's gonna help the Clippers. And that'll help the Clippers. The Knicks. I saw him in Antonio McDice all over again. Um, but you, but you, you still got to yeah. give your, your your other two. But I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not. Um, I like Blake Griffin. I like He's him as a show person. Proof. I, but, but 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 he's got to show me something. This playoffs. But nice don't pay the bills. Doesn't pay the bills. Commercials care. Commercial does not pay the bills. I need you to perform in the playoffs. Next up. I got my man Steph Curry. Steph Curry, this playoffs got to show and prove. Steph Curry, in my mind, does not have a signature playoff moment. Maybe you can say last year when he came back uh, from his, what was he, he had a knee injury, I think, last year. Yeah. When he came to uh, get back against the Blazers. He had a mm-hmm. nice game, a nice comeback game. But I still, to me, Steph Curry tends to fold in big moments during the playoffs. 
the finals. I didn't see a lot of Steph yeah, Curry. He gets about, very what careless. What about, uh, a couple years ago when he hit that shot? He what hit shot? that shot against uh, Memphis. That's first round. That's true. That's first round. That's true. I, we don't give you awards for first round. Not if you're a champion. Yeah. For a champion, first round, that's what you're supposed to do. Missing Mike Conley. I can't give him credit for that. Yeah. I, he I, hasn't shown proof for I, me. I, I think um, Steph Curry has benefited from... Benefit from a great team and a great offensive scheme. Is that not correct? And Mark Jackson's mentorship All right. on. So what do you think about this? He's still, I mean, they won the championship in 2015, I think that was. He didn't even win finals MVP. If you're the star, if you're supposed to be the second best player in the league, a la ESPN, you're supposed to be the second coming after LeBron James. Should you not win finals MVP in your first title run? Or most of your, if they won the title last year, I don't think he would have won finals MVP either. Well, see, I, I, um, yeah, that was Draymond or Clay. Exactly. But I, you know. I can't really say too much too much bad about Iguodala. I lived in Philadelphia every for five years and was happy for him to. He to, deserved to that. that. He, but because he won it the same way that Kawhi Leonard won the MVP for the Spurs. So I did quietly. So quietly. Quietly. Quiet. So I, I think you know you you get all he's these loudmouth ballers that always win it. Let somebody. Somebody Listen, quiet one. I mean, he's he, got to show him proof. And he played with them young boys in the Olympics some years ago. He yeah. played with Melo. He played Listen, with LeBron. He played with Listen, Durant. Steph Curry has to show me that he's not a one-dimensional superstar. I'm tired of Steph Curry being hidden on the opposing team's worst offensive player. I'm tired of him being hidden on the Matt Barnes when they play another guy. I'm tired of him being hit on the Luke and Bob Mutes. I'm. T- you see, he he. They tried to hide him on CJ McCollum, and he lit him up. But you know what, man? I'm gonna tell you. I'm going to make a football comparison. Mm-hmm. I talked about Philadelphia. Yeah. You look at that Eagles team in 2004. He's to Donovan McNabb. Yeah. But all those other guys are to Freddie Mitchell, Terrell yeah. Owens, and what have you. Yeah. Uh, Deuce Staley, uh, Westbrook, yeah, all man. those. Not Russell. got to get better. Brian Westbrook. I got to I gotta have a signature moment from him. Well, I've heard, I heard somebody say the other day that if Kevin Durant wasn't on that team and all that attention wasn't paid to, to Kevin Durant, <laughs> That Steph Curry will be the MVP of that team this year. I think what That's you're doing, what you're, what you're seeing is that they're preserving Steph Curry more. Okay, I mean, because you can say that, but I need to see more. I think um, you're gonna see it in later rounds if they don't, okay. if, if if they stay. Okay, so you have, and I'm not a Steph Curry apologist. Okay, just check it. I know there's a lot of Steph Curry lovers. So I'm I gotta not. Check. I, 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 gotta I check. think that when you look at uh, a Cavs team, you, that Cavs team damn near. Came back two years ago yeah. with just LeBron, yeah. and they showed that they missed Steph. They, excuse me, they missed Kyrie Irving and some of those other pieces. And Iman Shumper was as inconsistent oh, yeah. as a local soul food restaurant's food. Yes, most definitely, man. You know, you got to get that Amy Roos. <laughs> got to get that Amy Roos. New bro. Yorkers know you, what we talk about. You definitely do. Yes. So, Scoop, you got some uh, players that you uh, feel have the most approved this playoffs? That need to improve the most? I mean, excuse me, that need that have the most to prove. Uh, John Wall. John Wall. Uh, I talked to John Wall, and most John definitely. Wall says to me um, that that Randy Whitman coaching change mm-hmm. benefited him vastly. Oh, I agree, yeah. Scotty Brooks was the right coach. Scotty Brooks was the right carry-on. Scotty! And I think that what you're seeing is Bradley Bill and you're seeing John Wall clicking at the right time. Yes. And I also think the Morris twin being there is helping. Oh, Markeith. I, th- I think that. What was um, that Marcus? Who knows? One of them. You know, <laughs> one we, of them. You know we all look alike. One of them. <laughs> but, no, but one of them I, I think 
I think they're just clicking at the right time. I'm gonna tell, yeah. tell you this. You look at John Wall. John Wall is doing what Steve Francis should have done. Oh. A scorer yeah. who can pass, yeah. but has the right coach. I think Jeff Great Van comparison. Gundy came too late in the game for Steve Francis. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you're heralded great, you get lazy. Oh, yes. You look at Michael Vick in Atlanta. Plenty. Lazy. Plenty. It wasn't until Andy Reid came in and brought him in and he had something to prove and McNabb lost his spot. Yeah. That he came in and, and was yeah. throwing bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wall definitely got to show and prove. He does. He definitely does. Uh, so that's, He's got a lot of praise this year. Yes. Warranted. He's having a great season. But I got to see something in the playoffs. So, dude, I feel like he's got to at least... Get to the conference finals to show me something this year. But I don't think he will. I don't think he will because I think second round they're going to run into the Celtics. And I think that, listen, that point guard duel that's going to be in the second round, Isaiah Thomas versus John Wall, that's going to tell me a lot about the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Like how we said, they, they're in the running for second best play in the East. Mm-hmm. So out of that series, second round series, if they both get there, which I'm assuming they will, that's going to tell you a lot about both point guards and who's the best point guard in the East, top three in the East. John Wall's got to show me something. And remember, he's contract year, I believe. I think this year he's a free agent, if I'm, a, if I'm not correct, or he can opt out. Yes, Because I know Bradley Beal got his money. John Wall's going to get his money. He's got to show and prove. You got anybody else who needs to show and prove? Yes, uh, James Harden. James Harden. Big time. Look at he's got to show and prove. To take Joel Santana's line, his human crack in the flesh. Human crack in the flesh. I think everybody at the end was uh, singing Russell Westbrook's praises mm-hmm. when they was hating on him all year. Mm-hmm. And now that they're singing his praises, now James Harden has to prove whether he is not only going to go to the next round, but whether he is the true MVP. Now, yeah. granted, he had a great game. James one. Harden. Yes, he did. Now, granted, James Harden. Has a better team than Does he? Russell Westbrook. I do. I think Does so. He? I do. I went over this in my last episode. Who's the second best player on the Rockets, in your opinion? Trevor Ariza and Patrick now, Beverly. See, now the fact that you said that, I got two different answers on my two guys last time. One gave me Eric Gordon. I forgot who the other gave me. And then I asked you, so now who's the second best player on the Thunder? Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> my, my Rob, Robertson, Robertson is, is second best. Better than Oladipo, better than Stephen Adams. Scoop, 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 scoop. No, I, I think got a control on that one. I, I don't. That's the thing. When I sit and I it's look, the, see, you can go so many ways with that. It's it is a variation. I had Eric there. Gordon as my second best player on the Rockets. Now, I, di- I disagree. You disagree? I do. Okay, so you think Trevor Reese is better than Eric Gordon? I think that when you talk about impact, when we talked about impact okay. earlier, when you talk about a guy that's um, not only uh, wanted, okay, who you shoot. talking about right now, Trevor? Yes. Okay, he can shoot. Okay, Gordon, you know, second I watched, best player. I believe so. But is, is that good enough on a championship team? Trevor Reese being your second best player? Well, I don't think they're a championship team. Yeah, they're not a championship team. They're not a, they're not a championship they're not team. A championship but it's, team. but when you look at what he did in L.A. as a member of the Lakers, he wasn't just a role player. He play, he paid his dues. That yeah, Orlando he de- series. He definitely did. Um, and, but I but definitely I think did but pay I his dues. but I, I Gordon is hard for me to say Gordon. But but my point is that the second best player on the Rockets is debatable, meaning that you'll get a different answer. 
depending on who you're talking to. And my point is on the thunder, you can also get a different answer depending on who you're talking to. So that tells me that both options are mediocre. Yeah, but the, the so point that I'm the, but, but the point that I'm making and, and I guess in a, in a bigger sense is when you look at <laughs> when you look at that that thunder team um he was the father, son and holy spirit on that team. I went to church the other day. <laughs> I think when you look at Russell Westbrook on that team, he had something to prove. Yes. And I think course. that's all something season. to prove all season. all season. He was like Baby D on Friday. Yes. He, <laughs> he, he did have So We and Babysit at the same time. <laughs> so I think when you look at yeah. Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. that guy was the MVP not just on his team but the league. Yeah. James Harden benefited from a stringent offense that was built around him. But he still had to make that offense go. You yeah. still had to. Yeah. Think about it. You could have put somebody else and they could have ruined Listen, that Listen, everybody in this room could play for Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. We could say we all get you 8 to 10, 8 to 12 a night. I, I think that offense is is, <laughs> is a Phoenix Suns yeah. offense that worked there that did not work here in New York. Yeah. And I think that when you look at that, that Harden, what he was able to do, mm-hmm. he is basically the second coming of Tracy McGrady on that team. Oh. You saw what Tracy McGrady did in Orlando. Tracy McGrady wasn't just a scorer yeah. when he got the scoring title. My man he put up about seven or eight assists oh, in yes. that game. Oh, yes. He ran him down in the ball, but he was also a 6'8 two guard. Yeah. And basically, he was doing what Grant Hill was supposed to be doing, yeah. and he was hurt. Very true. Um, and, and and that was a Doc Rivers team. Very true. Very but very true. To, to get back to, not to delineate from the point, mm-hmm. I think that, in my opinion, I think that uh, James Harden has more to prove than Russell Westbrook at this point. Okay, Because Russell Westbrook won the regular season. I agree. But you can't shit what you ate last year. Listen. Or last week. Talk about it! So I, I think when you look at, when you look at Russell Westbrook... He's got a lot to prove in game two. Does. They, you know, all, they whether, both have a lot to prove. They both do, but I think, I think that Harden has more to prove. Yes. Okay, I argue with you there. Any more? Yes. To prove? Number three. Okay, number three. Who you got? LeBron James. LeBron James has a lot to prove? He does. Oh, let's hear this. So, curious. you look at that Cavs team. Yes. He got one off his back. Mm-hmm. He put Cleveland on his back last year. Last year, in my opinion, Kyrie Irving had a lot to prove. Mm. Was he the second fiddle, or was he going to be his own man, right? Mm. But this year, you're, you're, you're getting criticism. You're getting criticism from Charles Barkley. But at the same time, you're getting respect from your peers. Yeah. So do you get comfortable, mm. or do you take it to another level? Do so you think LeBron James is comfortable? I don't think he's comfortable, okay. but he's got to win one more. Got to win in he, Cleveland. He has to win one more in Cleveland. Has to win one more. He has to. In order to vault and win, because all, all, now all he's chasing is historic feats. Exactly. Yeah, he's only so chasing the pressure's on Jordan, him. basically. He, the pressure's on him. Yeah. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to he's he's got to continue to lead that team. Yes. And he's got to continue to just play the way that he's playing. Yes. That's what makes LeBron LeBron. Man, I remember when I was playing the NBA Live 2003. Oh, my. What? J.R. Brimmer was switched to the two. LeBron was the number one. What? Darius Miles was the three. Listen. Junius Elgaskis was at five. Lives. And Carlos Boozle was the four. Listen, bro. The way that that, that team was team, set up oh, then, listen. that's how LeBron has to play now. Yeah, and Big Z was the center at that yes, time. Yes, he was. Big Z. But I think AKA that... A.K.A. Slow Foot. Yeah, playing tar. <laughs> Fasciitis Z. For real, man. That's slow foot. Yes, sir. I tell you, man. But I, I think he has something to prove personally, not okay. the public opinion. Okay. But I, I, I think he's I think he's done everything he needs to do. But in order to silence critics. the doubters, silence the critics, silence the haters, because there's a lot of LBJ haters, man. There's a lot of LBJ haters. But whenever I think you are. He can't I, get to the finals and lose, is my point. I hate to put it like this. Yeah. 
But yeah. when you look at a guy in baseball like Kurt Flood, mm-hmm. who basically mastered free agency yeah. and created things on his own terms, whenever you're not following the system, mm-hmm. whenever you're not going with the flow, and whenever you are your own brand, yeah. you are a threat. Yeah. And so true. this is the cheers to all those who, as Jay-Z said, I did it my way. He got that from Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. So I think that pressure is on him for himself. I would love, I would love for LBJ to to win another title at Cleveland so he can get out of there and head to the Clippers. Here you go. (laughs) You think that's still a a realistic possibility? Listen, the Banana Bro crew, they've been talking about the Banana Bro crew. I don't know if that's a possibility. I mean, it is a possibility salary-wise, but I, I honestly, I don't know if that could happen. I mean, that would be a nice pipe dream. But, hey, I'm actually a big LBJ fan because I feel like he takes a lot of criticism that he doesn't deserve. He's been a con- I always pr- respect people who's been a great role model, a consummate professional. You know, he's been a leader of men, as I always say. And I always give LeBron He is respect. the modern day Jason Kidd. Modern day. He makes everybody around him better. Better than, ja- better than Jason Kidd. Well, he's a, he, he, selling him short. Well, listen, he's got one one thing over Jason Kidd. Remember they used to call Jason Kidd Ace and Kidd? Oh, yeah. he ain't had no J. Ace and Kidd with no J. <laughs> I talked about that a few episodes ago. I'm glad you said that because that is a little sneak peek Uh-oh. to the crossover segment Uh-oh. right there. That show is scoopy. So wait, before we go on, do you have any individual player who will exceed Expectations this playoff run? I have one who I think will exceed ex- expectations. I think my man Isaiah Thomas will exceed expectations. I think he will get his team into the conference finals. I think he will get the Celtics into a seventh game with the Cleveland Cavaliers because I do have a lot of love for the Celtics and I feel like they will ultimately lose in game seven. I think LeBron is that good that he will go into Boston and tear them apart as he did a few years ago when he scored 45-15 as a member of the Heat going into the the Boston, the TD Garden, and tearing him up. TD Bank North Garden. TD Bank North Garden, excuse me. (laughs) TD Bank North Garden. Well, who's counting? Exactly. So I feel like Isaiah Thomas, other than this tragedy that he had, will exceed expectations this playoffs because there are people saying that Boston is the weakest number one seed of all time, which are they are suspect, but... Cleveland messed up. Hey, they should have got the number one Toronto messed up. They sure did. They sure did. So I think Isaiah Thomas will exceed expectations. And I also think that's why I think LeBron James has a lot to prove. When I look at this Mm -hmm. Cavs team this year, I look at them like those Lakers teams where Shaq was kind of resting and coasting and then wrapped it up in the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. I, I think I think that 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 LeBron has subscribed to some of that theology. Oh. Well, look who's definitely. look who's coaching the team. A former Laker. Hey man. Ty Lue. Ty Lue. <laughs> Shout out to Ty Lue. You know. AKA Mr. Step Over. Boom boom. Boom. Listen, man, for real. But uh, not as far as exceeding expectations, you said was that what you said? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it really because is. He, he, you never know. I just feel like I just have faith in Isaiah Thomas that he will exceed. I think I think um, Kevin Durant will. Okay. I think when you look at that team, people think he's passive. Yeah. Um, some may say that, but you know, you you look at that team and you look at Draymond being the vocal leader. You look at you know Steph Curry being Steph Curry. Oh yeah. Um, but I think you'll see a couple good games out of him. Oh um, yeah. At when it counts. Most definitely. Rest as much as people hate it. 
benefits come playoff time. Yes. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> practice. So that means we're about to head into the crossover segment. So every week, I will be throwing out player comparisons. My guest acts as a GM, and they tell me who they would take out of the two in their prime. So, school B. Yes, sir. I got hella choices for you this week, my man. Jerry, hella choices. Woo! So you tell me who you're going to take out of the two in their prime. So my two choices for this week. First up, I got you brought him up before. Jason Kidd. Got Jason Kidd or Russell Westbrook in their prime. So let me tell you the stats. Jason Kidd, 12.6 points per game, six rebounds, eight and a half assists, three turnovers, two steals, 40% from the floor, one-time champ, 10-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA for Jason Kidd. Russell Westbrook, 22 points per game for his career, six rebounds, eight assists, four turnovers, 1.7 steals, 43%, six-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA first team. School B, who you got in their prime? You are GM today. You got Jason Kidd. You got Russell Westbrook. Well, that Jason Kidd championship didn't count. <laughs> that championship didn't it count. It didn't count. He still played a good role. Yeah, he played a good role. That Dallas team was. It would have meant lit. more if it was in New Jersey. Yeah, it would have meant more. Um, I, who you got in their prom? You a GM today? Well, when you look at Russell Westbrook and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's still in his prime. His story's still being written. Sure, his story's you, still being written. You look at Jason Kidd. Prime now Kidd, versus Prime J. Kidd. You look at Jason Kidd, it wasn't just it wasn't just his stats. It was it was it was his sending a text message to Rod Thorne when he played the Knicks talking about I got a headache. He had power in that locker room. Sure did. Um I'm gonna go with Jason Kidd. Gonna go with Jason Kidd. I am Kidd. gonna go with Jason okay. Kidd. I'm gonna go with the guy from Alameda, Ooh. California. Um, but I think it's more so the impact that he had on players yes. without shooting the ball. Yes. And he had so many games, but he scored zero to two points. But he you has know plenty of games like that, and they still won but, yeah. easily. But you know when I really began to look at Jason Kidd as when I was impressed with his scoring? Mm-hmm. When he went head to head with Tony Parker in the 2003 NBA Finals. Oh yes. Oh yes, that guy. That guy oh, step yes. back. That guy's, th- you know, shooting his Listen, shooting ability. He had a J by then. Yeah, he had a J by then. Had a J by then. Listen, the, the, the fact that he got uh, Keith Van Horn starting at the power forward, oh still God. shooting on the Wait, wing. Keith Van Horn looks suitable. Kerry Kittles, Ronnie Rogers, Ronnie Rogers, Dikembe Mutombo, Dikembe Todd McCullough. Todd McCullough. Who, who was that backup point at that time? I don't remember. Uh, Anthony Johnson. Anthony. Oh, Beetlejuice. Anthony They called him Beetlejuice. Yeah. Listen, he was about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he was one of the slowest at that point guard position. You had him and you had uh, Listen, Brandon Armstrong out of Pepperdine. Brandon Armstrong. But the leadership that Jason Kidd gave to the rest of those teams, he empowered, remember how I talked about before, a leader of men. Jason Kidd, he was a leader of men. He's someone who gal- galvanizes teammates. And he ultimately got Byron Scott out of New Jersey and Lawrence Frank, the coach, and then he yeah. won 14 straight and games. And then he won 14 straight games. I think Lawrence Frank holds a record for that, if I'm not mistaken. He also it? holds a bad record, too. Remember Man. that 2008 season oh. when they lost? Oh, yes. They won like 12 games? Oh, yes. 
Listen. And then they they relieved him of duties, and I believe Tom Barris was the was, yeah. became the head coach. The interim. Yes. It was Kiki Vanderwick then Kiki Tom Barris. Van- Yo, Kiki yep. Vanderwick. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, School B. I'm gonna go with Jason Kidd as well. I would take Jason Kidd over Russell Westbrook in his prom. I feel like leadership means a lot to me. I mean, maybe I'm putting too much stock in leadership, but I feel like leadership really means a lot when you're in the NBA because you have to get all your players on with a one-track mind. You have to you have to have them thinking championship all the way. You can't have them thinking small-time stats because if you look at West Westbrook, sometimes his teammates they enable him to stat chase. Sometimes they get out of the get, they get out of his way to let him get that 10th rebound. Who does that remind that you? Rebound. Who does that remind me of? Who's that? Allen Iverson in, in his prime. I mean, I remember. That chase a little bit. I remember early in his career. Remember when he was just crossing somebody up? You yeah. saw Derek Coleman standing watching. They Jerry were watching. watching. Rex was it? Rex Walters or was it? No, not Rex Re- Walters. Rex Chapman. It wasn't Rex Chapman on that uh, team? Who, whoever it was, you go on YouTube and look it up. <laughs> but it was a crossover that he did, and I just remember just just guys standing around watching. Yeah. I think they were playing the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Thunder do that right now. They stand around and watch Russell. But but see, Russell's made it work for him. Yeah. Um, but I think he's got the rule changes IQ have also benefited. No, yes. I think he has a very high basketball IQ. Ah, I think his basketball IQ was suspect. But that was my X factor for the Thunder and the Rocket series was Russell Westbrook's basketball IQ because I feel like he can shoot you into a win. He can shoot you out of a win. Fourth quarter, his decision making is questionable. You know who you remind me of when you kept saying shoot you? Who's that? Remember Kings of Comedy? Who's that? Nah. I shoot you in your chest and I wet you. <laughs> Remember uh, Steve Harvey? Oh <laughs> I don't want to get shot. Listen, man. I want to get shot from making. I want to get. I want to get wet from making love. Oh, seriously, man. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Listen, his his decision making is questionable. So I so we in agreement on that. Yeah, we on that. Next up, who you got in their prime? You got. My man, Dwayne Wade, or you got Clyde the Glide Drexler. Stats, mm. Clyde the Glide. I see that face you're making already. Clyde the Glide, stats, mm. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 47%, one-time champ, 10-time All-Star. D-Wade, flash, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 block, one and a half steal, 48% from the floor, three-time champ, one-time finals MVP, 12-time all-star, three-time all-defense, one-time scoring champ. School B, who you got in their prime? You got Clyde the Glide or you got D-Wade? You got five slammer jammer rocking a Vias. Talk about it. Versus Dwayne Wade crossing Barron to win the game. Mmm. You got me college versus the 90s. Who you got if you was a GM today? Damn. Tough one, right? Great shooting guards. (laughs) I wish y'all could see his face right now. (laughs) Scoop, who you got? I'm going to go with Clyde Drexler. Going to go with Clyde Drexler. You don't sound as excited as me picking Clyde as you did me clicking or picking Jason Kidd. Um, Listen. I think when you look at Clyde okay. Drexler, mm-hmm. um, you see longevity. You see from oh. Five Slamma Jamma to mm-hmm. Portland, Jordan Shrug game, Listen. to playing for Houston Rockets. If it wasn't for Jordan, he might be the second best shooting guard in the league at that time. If it wasn't for MJ. And Ron Harper getting hurt. 
Yeah, but he would be the second best two guard in the league at that time. He was always in Jordan's no, shadow. No, he, he was. Second best, he was. third I mean, best. And he, and he, I mean, he played he with guys credit. like he played with guy. He played with Ainge. He played with Kevin Duckworth. He played with Uncle Spliffy. Buck Williams, Cliff Robinson, Uncle Spliffy. Uncle Spliffy. Come um, on, man. Wade benefited from Shaq, LeBron. Yes. And Wang Juju. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you gonna go with Clyde? I am. Okay, you gonna go with Clyde? Okay. I am. I'm gonna have to agree with you, Scoop, two for two. Yes, sir. I'm going Clyde as well. I mean, I listen, you can't go wrong. I love me some D-Wade. Mm-hmm. Love me some D-Wade. So does Gabrielle. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> love me some D-Wade. He gets to the rack. But Clyde the Glide. Listen, I think he had a complete offensive game from top to bottom. He had a lovely 17 to 20 foot. A lot of people forget how he was dominating the Western Conference at that time. They were, he was dominating. Listen. If he didn't run into the Bulls, I think, how many times did he go to finals? One time? Once. One time, right, with the Blazers. And it was the transition. The yeah. Lakers went 91 and Magic retired. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. the Blazers. Then they went 92. And then, and then after that, that became, the, the Suns were, were the West, and the Suns and the Spurs. Exactly. Were, were, and Seattle. Exactly. Were, 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 exactly. Yeah. Then he went to the Rockets, and that's ultimately where he won his championship, where mm-hmm. I came to dream. But I think Clyde DeGlyde had the total package. I think he can, listen, he can post you up, he can go to the rack, he can shoot the three, he can shoot the 17 to 20 footer, and he was no slouch on defense. Listen, man, he could he could play you some defense, so I would go Clyde the Glide as well. Summit in Houston was rocking back then. Yes, the he sure was. He sure was. So next up, I'm going to go a little low key for you right here. Dig into the archives. Uh-oh. I'm going to go Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson, hmm. or. Zach Randolph, a.k.a. Mr. 2010. Eddie Winslow? Eddie Winslow. (laughs) Stats, Larry Johnson, 16 points a game, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals, 47% from the floor, 2-time All-Star Rookie of the Year when he was with the Charlotte Hornets. Zach Randolph, 16 points per game as well, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals as well, 48%, 48%, two-time All-Star as well, All-NBA third team one year, most improved player this year, one year. Who you got, Scoop? Got Grandma Ma Larry Johnson, or you got Zach Randolph in their prime? As I heard you saying that, all I was thinking about was that Biggie verse. I slammed Larry Johnson and Grandma Ma. Tell him. Um, thing I liked about Larry Johnson mm-hmm. was he evolved his game after his back injury. Oh, yes, he did. After he went to the Knicks, he, um, listen, he, he gained that three-point shot. He needed that. And when he became a Muslim and stopped uh, swanning and dining, <laughs> he developed a, an impeccable three-point shot. Joe did. Which turned into a four-point play. Joe did. Uh, they're both former Knicks. Don't sleep on him on the Hornets. Oh, no. Oh, no. Him and, if, he and Alonzo Mo- if he and Alonzo Mourning had gotten along. I know. That was their problem. They didn't get along. They had to they end up trading both of them. Mourning went to the Heat. Uh, let LJ went to the Knicks. The Knicks. And then when they they end went up to the getting conference to that fight. Fight. the finals. And they ended oh, up getting uh, to that fight. Exactly. With the one of Jeff Van Gundy grabbing on his leg. Jeff Van Gundy. <sighs> oh, terrible. I feel like Zach Randolph, um, the well, only blemish it. that you have on him is when he played for the Knicks. And and, and that was a... Yeah. Uh, he did still put up stats. <sighs> he still put up stats. Scoop! Who you got? <laughs> Larry Johnson. You got Larry Johnson. Yes. Okay. You? I'm actually going Larry Johnson as well. We got a three for three. Okay. 
first time. Why did you pick Larry Johnson? Listen, I picked Larry Johnson because the way he, even though Zach Randolph was Mr. 20 and 10, right? Larry Johnson, when he was on the Charlotte Hornets, I think that tandem, that was one of the best front courts, I feel, that didn't get his due on the Charlotte Hornets. Him and Alonzo Mourning, the defensive presence of Alonzo Mourning, the offensive presence of Larry Johnson. He was, a, I think he was a number role, number one overall pick out of UNLV. You know, him and Stacey Augman. Stacey the elastic man. Yeah. Listen, Larry Johnson, he was big time. Remember, do you remember him? On the movie uh, Whoopi Goldberg, I think it was Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, there you go. Eddie. Larry Johnson. Rest in peace, Malik Silly. Rest in peace, New York Malik City Silly. legend. Yes. Shouts out to him. But um, Larry Johnson, man, listen, he was a formidable force. If it wasn't for those back injuries, I, to me, I feel like he had the ultimate game. He's what you call a power forward. He was a hybrid. Hybrid forward. He was- He's a power forward that evolved to me. He could also play a little better defense, but, I mean, at that time... He offset that with his powerful performance in the post. He could step out, hit 15 to 20 footer. I love forward to hit the 15 to 20. And he also had a nice first step. He can get past him, get to the rim, get a nice two-hander, get a nice one-hander. I mean, if it wasn't for his back. He told me a story when he was a kid. He's from mm-hmm. the Dallas area. He told yeah. me this story one time. Uh, but when he was a kid, he met Jamal Wilkes in a Payless mm. shoe store. And they played one-on-one when, they were in, when he was in high school. Jamal Wilkes? Yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's tough, man. I, I think Larry Johnson to me, besides like the, underrated, the commercials man. and besides yeah, but I think um our younger siblings would probably say we're just being old. <laughs> but yeah. you know, because I think years from now they'll be making comparisons between Zach Randolph as the old head mm-hmm. and and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Very true. So it's it's. I think we're being old, but I also just think Larry Johnson like is very underrated Listen, and didn't LJ benefit. is so underrated. I know Nick fans like LJ. Other than those Nick fans of when he helped them go to the to the to the finals that year, people are sleeping on him. I think he was drafted in 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Listen, LJ, man. 91. Yeah. 91. Okay, 91. Shaq was 92. Nah, Shaq was 92. 91. Listen, those Charlotte Hornets team, man, he put them on the map at that time. Del Curry. Muggsy Bogues, they were on the map at Kendall that time. Kendall Gill, man. Kendall Gill, listen, they they were on the map, man. That's I don't I don't feel like they got their due at that time. So I'm going LJ. I, I know a lot of people sleep on him, but I'm going LJ, man. So sure. we're in agreement. Three for three for the crossover segment this week. So my man Scoop B, Brandon Robinson, he has his own podcast, Scoop B Radio. Yes, sir. Where can you find that Scooby Radio? Um, well, Adif- before you get there, tell them people about Scooby Radio, man. Tell them how you got your start. Well, that actually goes hand in hand. You throw yeah. a lob. So, um, Scooby Radio, you guys can find that at ScoobyRadio.com. It's going, you can find it on iTunes, yes, Google sir. Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. Uh, it's been featured in Forbes magazine, Complex, uh, Billboard, The Source magazine, CBS. Talk about everywhere. it. Um, so, I'm a. Basically, Scoopy Radio is not a typical podcast, and I'll tell you why. It's because I got my start as a 12-year-old. I had my own show with the Nets as a kid. Mm-hmm. I co-hosted with Albert King, Chris Carino, who was the lead uh, play-by-play guy of the Nets. Oh. I was executive producer at the time. I, start, I had my start in 97, uh, hosting Nets, Slamming Planet. I would, go to my, I would go to my mom's house a lot for Christmas, Thanksgiving, what have you. And in my house, I had a Timberland box full of tapes. Oh. I had interviews with Vernon Maxwell. I had interviews with Vernon. Um, Kendall Gill. I had interviews with Jason Williams. Yeah. I had interviews with Sam Cassell, 
just sitting there. And you know, I tell people all the time, yeah, I started when I was a kid. The only way you can find that is if you go on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash context group B. Mm-hmm. It was a feature that NBA Inside stuff did on. Mm-hmm. And so basically, it's like, okay, you start as a kid, where's your content? Yeah. So it's like, okay, <laughs> and the, in this new day and age, where do you find it? So my producer, DJ Maniel, mm-hmm. he basically took all of those audio clips and he extracted them digitally. So it started out like I had interviews with BJ Armstrong, Scott Burrell. Oh, man. Um, Scott Burrell from the Hornets? Yeah. Damn, Scotty Burrell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt Geiger. Mm. Just interviews just sitting around. We digitized those. Yeah. So Scooby Radio, what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a time capsule. Ah. Now, my first breakthrough interview was an interview that I did as an adult with Tim Thomas, mm. former Nick, former... Uh, Everywhere, mm-hmm. Bull, uh, Milwaukee Buck, yeah, Milwaukee have Bucks. Phoenix Suns. He called me and said, "Yo, I got something for you." I said, "What?" Mm-hmm. He goes, "Yo, Kenyon Martin is running his mouth about me on the Vertical podcast with Adrian <laughs> Wojnarowski, and I got some stuff to say." He told me this story about how um, him and Kenyon Martin was at a nightclub fighting, and he slapped Kenyon in the face with like twelve hundred dollars. Oh, and Kenyon didn't do anything. Mm. So what happened was Wait, I Tim wrote, Thomas slapped Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Oh wow. So at the time I was a contributor to CBS Local CBS Sports Radio CBS Local Sports mm-hmm. I wrote the article I tweeted it Bomani Jones retweeted it mm-hmm. and what happened was um, uh, USA Today aggregated it and so it just started this big thing Yeah, I ran into Adrian Wojnarowski he's like yo I saw that that was hilarious man that was crazy so Scoopy Radio has kind of become more than just my kid stuff you know we've oh. had Wyclef Jean on we've had Jalen Rose on yeah. we've had um yeah, Allen Iverson on there. Yeah, Allen Iverson. Alan. It, 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 it was a we, we had an extension, a web extra yeah. called Scoopy Radio Overtime. I yeah. had the other day we released something with Horace Grant where mm-hmm. he talked about the time he called Michael Jordan the devil in practice. So it's kind of just taking on its own identity, and yeah. you know we're fifty something episodes deep. Big we time. do have a number where we're gonna stop. <laughs> Can't tell you, but we're going. We, we're, okay. me, me and my producer are, are going into other things. But well, long story short, yeah, um, it's a way to not just talk about hoops because it's not just a hoops podcast. Not just hoops. We've had Karen Civil on. We've had uh, DJ Steph Loss, the Cavs yeah, DJ. We've most had, definitely, man. You know, various other people. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just it's it's um, the stuff people want to hear. We had Too Short on. Yeah, oh, I saw that. That Too Short. It. So, yeah. You know, more than anything, it's. A, I think a lot of times you hear podcasts, you see things, and. It, it becomes self-serving. Yeah. You know, to quote Jalen Rose, you want to get the people what they want. Gotta get the people what they want. You know, so I, I think um, I'm enjoying to. that. Yes, man. I'm enjoying definitely. that. Scoopy Radio, find our iTunes, Google Play, yes, scoopyradio.com. And you can also, I'm also a managing editor and columnist at Respect Magazine. Nice. Which is a hip-hop and lifestyle magazine. And um, you can check out my work. We had, I had Siri, the voice of Siri, Susan yeah. Bennett on Scoopy Radio Overtime. Mm. And, um... Very interesting, my man. Yes, sir. Very interesting, man. Honored to be here. Yes, man. Yo, Scoop, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here, my brother, tonight, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. You want to come up, sir? Yes, sir. I appreciate that, my brother. For real. I appreciate that, my brother. Yes, man. Yes. So that is Scooby Radio. Make sure y'all look out for Scooby Radio. Like you said, you can get on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google, Google Play. Play. Tune in. Everywhere. Scooby Radio. Look out for Scooby Top Plays that he puts every week as well. Yes, sir. Look out for that. Make sure y'all follow him on Twitter, Instagram, all my NBA listeners, man. Look out for his articles well of Respect Magazine. Respect also, magazine. you do stuff for 16 Windsor Ring as well? I, I, I aggregate. My scoops top place is 16 wins. Okay, oh, 16 yes, wins. Sir. So make sure 
Y'all look out for that. For once again, Scoob B. Brandon Robinson, a.k.a. Scoob B. I appreciate you coming on once thank again, man. Oh, thank you. Yes, sir. Coming through. I really appreciate it. This is big time, man. This is big time episode 11. This is Above the Rim Podcast. And we are... Deuce! If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.